And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome from Muspelheim. God, it's hot outside. The whole country basically is having this giant heat wave, or at least the Midwest is. Ugh, just gross and sticky and, yeah, not very nice. But here we are. Here we are recording a show as normal because that's how devoted I am to my loyal fans. So, anyway, here we are. And we don't have a lot to talk about here at the top of the show. Um, Next week, of course, we have a mythology episode, but this week we are wrapping up our coverage of Hercules Unbound, to the great relief of everyone, I'm sure. It has not been the best series, has it? Well, I hope we have a few surprises here in this issue, but you never know. But it is the last issue, so hey, there's that, and at least we don't have to ever revisit the series again. Except in your comments, and of course, if you want to leave us comments, you should email us. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also comment on our episodes on the Facebooks. Just go to Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. All right, so without much further ado, let's move along to our review. Hercules, hero of song and story, Hercules, winner of ancient glory, fighting for the right, fighting with his might, with the strength of ten ordinary men, Hercules, people are safe when near him, Hercules, only the evil fear him, softness in his eyes, iron in his thighs, virtue in his heart, fire in every part of the mighty. And as promised, this week we are looking at Hercules Unbound, issue number 12, the final issue of the series. The cover date of this was September of 1977. Cover price is 35 cents. Cover art is by Walt Simonson, and actually is the best cover we've had of the series yet, in my opinion. It shows Hercules, and he's holding a chain in in both of his hands, and he's facing off against this giant green creature with uh, six arms, and a big like rhino horn head uh, and then surrounding his rhino horn head there are four other heads so it's a a multi-headed creature and not like you know king Ghidorah long neck with a head on it it's more like all of the the heads are kind of fused to the same basic little mound of of flesh so yeah so the the heads are very close together the caption says at last the secret of the anti-gods at last i mean we found out about them last issue so yeah we've been waiting oh so long for this and um it says you'll never forget hercules last battle you could be in the superman movie apparently um well that's a contest that uh, yeah all the DC comics are running at this time. Anyway, so let's go ahead and open up to the splash page. Carrie Bates wrote this. Walt Simonson did the art. No other credit. I'm assuming that the coloring and the lettering was done either by Simonson or by some random production person they didn't want to credit. But anyway, it says, Hercules Unbound, 
Chaos Among the Gods is the name of the story. The splash page shows Hercules, and he is getting ready to punch Ares in the face. But it's not Ares. It's the anti-Ares. So uh, remember, Ares from the early issues of the series was more or less a human-looking person. And this is a misshapen sort of weird troll doll type kind of evil god thing. I don't, I don't know what you can say. It's, it's very exaggerated. But anyway, Hercules has got his back turned to it. But it looks like he's not running away. It looks like he's like trying to get a distance so he can strike. Thing is saying, run, impotent man god. Run as fast as your mortal legs can carry you. No matter where you flee, you cannot escape the anti Aries. And uh, we have the scene set. We're on a tiny island in the Mediterranean where only moments ago stood Hercules' young friend Kevin and now stands an awesome... Um, an awesome? That's what it says. It's an awesome. Anyway, yes, I run, demonic one, but it is not fear which propels me. I would not escape if I could. I go so I may return to retaliate, to strike. And we have Hercules leaping away from the anti-Ares, and he bounces up against a, a cliff, and he like rolls himself up in a little ball, and he's, he's bouncing back towards Ares. And he's coming down behind the anti-Ares, and he strikes him in the back, and there's a, a, a pretty impressive, uh, you know, kind of a very... Simonson-esque special effect here. It looks like he's splashing against his back. Uh, that's kind of what it looks like, and I think that's just mostly due to the coloring. But anyway, um, he strikes him hard. I know not what harm you've done to me, to my companions. I know only that it cries out for vengeance. And there's a giant fatak as Hercules strikes the anti-Ares in the back. Once you feel blows such as mine, you will long for the hell pit from whence you came. And the anti-Ares turns around. He says... Pummel away, man-god. Pummel as you please, for I merely absorb the force of your attack and use your own energy to grow in size, to multiply my already immeasurable power. And we see for the first time the anti-Ares in, his, in full. As so far, we've just basically seen his face. And he's got this weird pseudo-Viking helmet with big horns on it because we, you know, we all know that Vikings did not have horns on their helmet, but it's got a big crest on the top like, the, like an ancient Greek helmet, except this one has like little wings on it. So if you look at, at it from the front, it, it's a cross. I mean, the anti-Aries, would that be a Christian demon? I don't know. Anyway, he's, a, <laughs> it's a, he's got this giant cross on his head. Helmet looks very top-heavy. It doesn't look like it would actually stay on somebody's head. But anyway, um, uh, he, he slaps Hercules aside and, and throws him towards the cliff. And Hercules is thinking to himself, again, I hurtle towards the cliff face, but this time hardly by choice. And there's a giant sprack as uh, Hercules hits the cliff. But it uh, doesn't seem to hurt him much. And Ares uh, picks up this giant, huge boulder. And he says, you survive. But lest you entertain any notion of attempting another futile attack, let me offer discouragement. And he chucks this giant rock at Hercules. But Hercules just uh, deflects it with his arm. Um, yeah, kind of interesting. I guess that's uh, where his armor comes in. Remember, that is impenetrable armor that we uh, got last issue. Anyway... Such is the force of the throw that this boulder would drop me if I did not deflect it thus. 
And yeah, just kind of bounces off his forearm and, and crashes behind him with a twam. And the anti-god goes, Splendid counter move, little one, for I was aiming at the cliffs all along. And this has created a giant landslide. And so Hercules is getting ready to be buried under rocks. And we get a very Simonson-ish shot here of rocks just crashing down on on Hercules with a thum, karoom, boom, baroom, thum, boom. That's the the noises that rocks make when they're uh, piling on top of somebody. And it says here, next stillness, broken only by a rasping voice. So much for the troublesome son of Zeus. Now I am free to join my brothers and my sisters. And uh, he goes, I come, in a trice I shall be with you. Um, Oh my. Anyway, it says, as he speaks, the fiend plunges into a mass of solid rock, the same rock to which Hercules was chained for uncounted eons. Yeah, so remember, we're on the island where we began the series back in issue number one. Now it begins to tremble, as though shaken by a giant unseen hand. Suddenly, there is a shattering, and there's a giant shkrack, and this creature that we saw on the cover with the five faces and the six arms comes exploding out of the rock. It says, the shattering caused by Ares pouring forth unimaginable energies, for once again the anti-gods roam the earth to pillage to destroy so we got this giant monster says together again at last the anti-Ares anti-Zeus anti-Hera anti-Hermes anti-Athena so that yeah so they're kind of all one one god so interesting they pause for demonic reflection uh, yeah they, they do but only for a moment for their many eons of imprisonment have served only to fortify the one malevolent instinct that overwhelms them and then they leave behind a deserted island to serve as a Herculean tomb. Then the caption says, did we say deserted? Not to be forgotten is Basil, the faithful hound that hid aboard the flying wing, which brought Hercules to this forsaken Mediterranean isle. It is no accident that has brought Basil to this pile of geological rubble. He has sniffed out the scent of his friend, who, as it turns out, is delighted to see a friendly face greeting him upon his spectacular emergence from uncounted tons of earth. So, yeah, so we have Basil coming and sniffing at the rock, and then all of a sudden Hercules just bursts out, and he's just kind of throwing all the rocks aside, and and Hercules is happy to see Basil. Of course, you know, you would be happy to see a nice uh, puppy. Anyway, it says... No trace of his enemies to be found, save for the enchanted chains which held the man-god inexorably bound to the infernal rock, making Hercules as much a prisoner as the anti-gods had been. And Hercules walks up to the rock where he had been imprisoned, and he grabs a hold of the chains, and he's saying, I know not what to do next, Basil. Even your considerable tracking skills will be of no use in seeking out a scourge that can transcend this mortal earth. Have we ever seen Basil track anything? I don't think we have. Anyway, (laughs) he says, I wonder if, and then there's a giant zap, and it says, uh, whatever the man-god's next thought was to be, Basil never heard it, and Hercules is all of a sudden enshrouded in um, this, like, electricity, and he goes, uh, by the gods, I am riding twin bolts of ethereal lightning, which can only have been sent for me 
by the gods. And Hercules is, is, is riding on these pink lightning bolt things. And he's rushing forward. But where are they leading me? That is the question, says Hercules. And there's like a giant whirlwind sort of thing. And Hercules says, some sort of cosmic turbulence. Wherever I am, it is far beyond the realm of Earth. I do not know how much longer I can endure the ravaging nexus of this hellish storm. And he's being tossed around by this, this storm. But he's still grabbing onto these chains, and the chains are uh, holding onto the lightning bolts. I seem to be plunging through it, but will I survive to reach my destination? Well, if he doesn't, it's going to be a real short issue. And as if in answer to the man-god's agony and doubts, the ethereal forces beneath his boots give way to the cold firmness of polished marble. And he is in Olympus. And he sees the uh, negative god beings that we saw last issue and standing in front of him. And uh, he goes, Father, welcome home, my son. I knew that only you could have survived the rigors of the cosmic storm which engulfs Mount Olympus. Even the anti-gods were slowed by the storm, but they will be here soon. Oh, Zeus, I do not understand, says Hercules. You soon will. I fear we should have told you the terrible truth about ourselves long ago. We gods are immortal, always striving for divine perfection. It was that eternal quest which brought on the impending chaos. Chaos, father, says Hercules. It began many eons ago, soon after the fall of ancient Greece, a time when we blamed ourselves for the failings of our mortal children. We had formulated a plan most drastic, and if successful, it would enable us to achieve the ultimate perfection. What we had envisaged was a divine exorcism, designed to free us from the vestiges of evil that still lingered in all of us, despite our Olympian natures. And uh, it shows uh, Zeus, and he's standing up on some sort of platform, and he's got a, um, a big staff in his hand, and it's all glowy, and we see uh, the other gods kind of gathered around him in a circle. Because Hera, Hermes, Athena, Ares... They combined their divine energies with mine to isolate the dark sides, literally extracting them from our very beings. Thus an entity of pure evil was spawned by the exorcism, something we had not foreseen, but of which we quickly dealt with, stunning it with the power of Olympian armaments forged by Ares. Alas, that was but a temporary solution, and we required a more permanent means of restraining the dread anti-gods we had created. After desperately striving for alternatives, only one solution came to mind, for it meant mounting a conspiracy against my beloved man-god son. You will recall the grand feast in which your usual nemesis Ares was a most gracious host. As the drugged nectar you consumed was shrouding your senses, you may recall an entire unit of Olympian warriors were required to will your great strength until the drug took effect. And you show uh, Hercules... Uh, drinking uh, some sort of uh, you know, liquor out of a horn, and then a big fight, and anyway. So they show Hercules being carried, of course, to the island where they chained him up. Unconscious, you were carried to a remote Mediterranean isle we had selected, where the enchanted chains you were to loathe for so long were fettered by Ares' hammer. A word to my brother Poseidon in his watery domain, we provided fearsome behemoths, to stave off any potential visitors. And we have a uh, revisiting here of the uh, the weird skull 
octopus things from early on in the series, though. These are not skull-faced. They're more monster, troll sort of thing-faced. Anyway, he says, For the thousands of years, Hercules, you remain chained, as no being mortal or otherwise ventured remotely near the island. Until one fateful day, soon after the needless holocausts, the mortals have designated as World War Three. A day that brought a young boy and his dog sailing perilously close to your small isle. And we see, uh, basically, it's a recap of the first issue of uh, Hercules Unbound. Uh, Kevin and Basil come sailing, and Hercules breaks free. They're fighting the monsters, blah, blah, blah. The same day, the constant thrashing of your titanic strength was finally enough to break your enchanted bonds and release you from the rock to which you were chained. You were occupied rescuing the lad from the raging behemoth, not realizing the rock you left behind was the prison we had created to contain the anti-gods. How could you have known that it was your strength, channeled through our chains, that was binding the rock and making it an unescapable cell? Nor did you realize the long-dormant anti-gods had amassed enough power to thrust out one of their number, the anti-Ares, who hastily needed a physical shell in which he could rest and slowly strengthen his malevolent force. Yes, my son, the boy you knew as Kevin ceased to exist, except as the shell in which the anti-Ares was secretly seething until Ares' horrific emergence only days ago. Okay, well, now they've explained something that makes a little bit more sense than what we've had. We've had no explanation of, of the powers that, that Kevin has. Um, and very strange... Yeah, I mean, clearly this wasn't what they had in mind from the beginning of the series because we've had no hint of this before, like, the last couple of issues. Anyway, you used me, father, says Hercules. He's not real happy about this. All these months I have roamed a devastated earth, searching for the truth about my long imprisonment. Now hearing the truth from you sickens me. I am sorry, my son. We all are. Had me, had you confided in me, Zeus, I would have helped you restrain these demons. Since such treachery from my immortal father does not make you deserving of my help, do what you will, my son. But if you are leaving, do it now, for the day we've dreaded is here. The anti-gods are invading Olympus. And we have uh, the anti-gods here, and looking very much like they did earlier in the issue, and they are um, encroaching on Olympus here. And it says here, rising information to meet the horrendous threat, a fighting wedge of Olympian sentinels. And just, just Instead of the negative people that we have, basically, these are um, regular soldiers here. In the name of Zeus, they said, we must cut down the beast where it stands. But the warriors soon learned that no mortal army, regardless of their number, regardless of their valor, has even the faintest ghost of a chance against so great a force of eternal evil. Why would the army defending Olympus be mortal? That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, there's a giant smash, and the anti-gods uh, utterly rout them. And then the lethal din of combat is broken by a booming voice, most majestic. Ho, malevolent ones, your battle is with us who spawned you. And battle we shall to triumph or death. And we have a big battle going on here between the gods and the anti-god being. It says the thunder in Olympus is heard round the mortal world below. For never has there been such a tumultuous clash of good and evil. As Zeus and his fellow gods finally face the horrific scourge which has haunted their immortal beings for centuries. Mount Olympus is shaken through to its ethereal foundation as the war rages. 
a war which is waged without the mightiest fighting machine to ever walk the earth. Hercules! And what has Hercules been doing all this? He's just been standing there holding chains in his hand. Father and the others do not fare well, he's thinking to himself. It appears their dread fear of the anti-gods was justified. And he uh, is walking around, I guess, and he finds a dead soldier here. And Hercules is thinking, a brave warrior, fallen like so many under those monstrous hands. I'm afraid there can be no victor in this struggle. The sides are too evenly matched. The gods and anti-gods will not only destroy each other, Olympus will be left in ruins. But wait, perhaps if I cause the inevitable to happen now and not later... May the gods forgive me, if indeed any gods are left. And it says that once the man-god hurdles the enchanted chains which endured his torturous journey through the cosmic storm raging above. And he uh, throws the chains and they, they wrap around pillars on one of the build buildings here. And uh, we go back to the, the scene of the battle here where we see the anti-gods and the gods fighting. It says, Meanwhile, the catastrophic clash has intensified to such a destructive fury. The prospects for any survivors, good or evil, seem dim. But a moment later, a different brand of thunder rumbles over the sounds of battle. No, my son, you cannot, says Zeus. But I can, father. Or do you doubt the measure of my strength? I can single-handedly bring Olympus to its knees. And should you doubt me still... Look around you, you who call yourselves gods, and you the behemoth of evil that has sought to take over this domain. Watch the might of Hercules rend this hollow mount asunder. So basically, Hercules is tearing down Olympus. He's got his chains wrapped around the buildings, and he's just pulling them and knocking down all the buildings. And yeah, very interesting. His mind has snapped. My son ruins berserk. We must stop him. If that lowly god-human destroys Olympus, there will be no kingdom for us to conquer, says the anti-gods. And so it uh, looks like all the gods and the anti-gods are going to try to stop Hercules. For a moment, the titanic war abates, as gods and anti-gods alike join forces in one colossal charge, only to be stymied by an impenetrable barrier. And that's Hercules basically whipping the chains around like Thor whips his hammer around. Uh, it's like a kind of a force field or I don't really know. Anyway, it's uh, we cannot pass through, says one of the gods. How is this possible, says another. Our might is infinitely more potent than his, says the anti-gods. Against such forces, even we are of no avail. His glowing chains... They must have absorbed a charge when they passed through the cosmic storm. And then, in the midst of the chaos, it begins. The unimaginable. And there's some sort of like an energy forming uh, around Hercules. And the grave misdeed of the gods penetrated in the name of divine perfection so long ago is righted at last. The fearsome specters of evil which are carbined to form the anti-gods are claimed by those whose names are immortal. Zeus, Athena, Hermes, Ares, Hera. Those are the ones who can at last acknowledge the dark sides of their natures, the dark sides that became the anti-gods. And with the acknowledgement comes the strength to defeat them. And you see the anti-gods kind of, they're splitting into bits, and the, uh, you know, the, the real gods are standing in front of them, and they're being engulfed by this sort of energy field. You got some purple Kirby crackle going on. We got, yeah, there's basically kind of a big explosion thing going on. 
and then we see the gods just kind of laying on the ground and they're they're smoking with these sort of pink smoke and Hercules is just standing there with the chains in his hand. As I prayed, the common cause of saving Olympus provided the one bond that could bring them together again. And uh, Zeus is saying, My son, as he's crawling up off the ground, Your strength and wisdom have saved us all. And you knew it would, Father, if I did not die trying. Is that why you brought me here? Hercules, I... Spare me any further grief, Zeus, says Hercules. If I must choose to dwell between gods and humans, I believe you know which I prefer. And uh, Hercules hasn't even basically turned his head, but he's back on Earth. And uh, says, um, he's looking around, he says, I'm back on Earth, my true home. And it says, suddenly a soft and vulnerable voice calls out, and the son of Zeus cannot believe his ears. Hercules, is that really you? And it's Jennifer, and uh, she's with Basil, of course, and looking very boobylicious here in this panel. Jennifer, alive, yet I saw her die myself. And that's a reference to last issue, of course. A pair of strong arms is just what Basil and I need right now. Maybe you can tell me where I've been, because I sure don't remember. This I can believe, says Hercules. (laughs) It's just a rude comment, isn't it? I don't think that's how it was meant. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so Jennifer is there and apparently magically alive again. And uh, she runs up and hugs Hercules. And although Jenny sees only the brilliance of a setting sun in the heavens, her companion speaks to one he knows is listening. Thank you for returning her life, father. Her death was unjust. As was our treatment of you, my son. Perhaps one day you will forgive us. And Zeus vanishes away, and Hercules says, perhaps one day. And we see Jennifer and Hercules and Basil, and they are walking off basically away from the sunset, or the way from the moonrise, I'm not sure which this is. Hercules turns his back, leaving behind far more than a setting sun. Ah, it's a sunset. As a scarred and ravaged earth welcomes him, and basks in the power and glory of Hercules. And that is Hercules Unbound, number 12, the final issue. I'm sure you're all happy about that. And we are going to be talking about this issue, but first we have a brand new promo to premiere on this episode for the first time. And here it is. Hi, I'm Josiah. And I'm Mike. And we're the host of How Star Wars Is It? It's a podcast where we rate and review things like movies. But not of how good or bad they are. Yeah, no, how Star Wars they are. And what does that mean, you might ask? It's a little something like this. If Star Wars was Everybody Loves Raymond, this is King of Queens. If Chris Farley was still around. Yeah, Kevin James wouldn't exist. I have a game. It is called Sebulba. Or Bulbasaur. <laughs> yeah, when and he that, was a Palpatine. Do we have like an animated show that we could pitch? The Emperor and, and his Palpatine. Count Dooku is around his age, plus yeah, or minus like, a decade. Maybe like Count Dooku. That's really funny. <laughs> if that sounded good, or Star Wars, then check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts at How Star Wars Is It? And like we always say, may, may the, the fourth, fourth be with you. With you.
And we're back. And yeah, you guys should check out How Star Wars Is It. It's actually a really entertaining show. I actually met one of the hosts at C2E2 this past year and have been listening to the show and trying to get through the episodes. And I just haven't had the time to listen to a lot of podcasts. But it's been um, really a fun ride. And so I feel like, like it's, it's a show that I do want to promote. And you guys should check it out. All right, so let's talk about this last issue of Hercules Unbound, issue number 12. You know, as a rule, this entire Hercules Unbound series has been very poor. The quality of the writing has been terrible. The quality of the art has been abominable. And then, just in the last couple of issues, they started to try to turn it around. So, unfortunately, they can't really ignore what came before, but... In this case, they, they actually did say, okay, you know, here, here we're going to try something different. Here we're going to try to wrap up the story, which they knew they were getting canceled, I'm sure. I'm sure the sales are poor. Now, keep in mind, the whole fantasy line at DC in the 1970s didn't do well. Most of the issues were canceled after three or four issues. I think uh, Claude the Unconquered was the only other one that made it past issue five. And, the other, the, of course, the, the one big exception being the warlord which really didn't belong in the same company as those other series the warlord of course though that was a mike grell series it was very well written very well drawn and so it was a hugely popular if simonson had been the artist on hercules unbound from the beginning you know and the stories had been as good as this then the book probably would have lasted for a couple of years you know, already we're talking about the second longest running of these DC fantasy series. And yeah, so it, it, it's, it's frustrating to think that, you know, Stalker and Claw the Unconquered and Starfire, you know, the, you know, the other series, and the, they, they should have done better. I actually quite liked Stalker, but... Stalker was never going to be more than a miniseries. And I think they've, they've tried bringing back the character since then in the mainstream DC universe, which is kind of interesting. But it was a Steve Ditko series, so it, you know how Steve Ditko creations don't usually fit into the mainstream of whatever universe they're created in. And it can be really hard to work them in. I mean, when's the last time we saw Captain Universe, you know? Anyway, um, the artwork is phenomenal in this issue. It's the first time that we've had a really strong uh, art issue. Last issue was starting to move that direction, but here we see Simonson unbound, as it were, and everything looks like it's in Simonson's style. It's clearly, he did, the, he did the pencils, he did the inks, probably most of the lettering as well. And, and it looks great. There's nothing about this issue, really, that, that I find offensive or, or horrible, you know, other than the fact that they, they're in, they, they need to follow along the, the plot that had already been started, which is kind of stupid. But I like the issue. I think it's a pretty good comic book. And if the whole series had been like this, it might, you know, like I said, it might have run a little bit longer and we wouldn't have had this, uh, you know, this horrible experience of covering the, you know, the David Michelini and, and Bob Layton stuff, which is kind of... Ugh. But anyway... Uh, so, so that's it for Hercules Unbound. Don't have a whole lot more to say. It's just a lesson here. I mean, you know, let, let the artists do what they do to make the book work. And I, and I don't know if this was, you know, legitimate interference from the editorial or, or what. It just wasn't a great concept to begin with. And I don't think that Hercules Unbound really fits in 
the Jack Kirby, Great Disaster, OMAC, Commandy kind of, of universe, which is kind of where they're trying to plug this. The, the Jack Kirby stuff is really kind of its own thing. And I don't think that Kirby ever intended for the Great Disaster to be something as mundane as a nuclear war. I think that Kirby would have preferred to leave the Great Disaster as a giant mystery, as something that never really would be explained. And that's probably how they should have left it. They shouldn't have tried to fill in the gaps with the Hercules series because, let's face it, it didn't work. I mean, we, you know, I think the most entertaining thing we had is a Cockney monkey, you know, and the rest of it is just kind of, of dull, as it were. Anyway, so we've seen the back of Hercules Unbounded. I'm sure a lot of you are going to be um, pretty happy about that. But if it had all been like this issue, then you know, maybe that wouldn't be the case. All right. So uh, next time we do have a mythology episode, as we do every ninth episode, and so you can look forward to that, and then we'll be back to covering Thor in one iteration or another, which iteration I haven't decided yet, um, but it's between a couple, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, everybody, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it, and if you want to email the show, like I said, email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. Um, and with that, I am back up the ruined Mount Olympus to uh, visit with uh, Zeus and company. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.